All right, dude. Uh, probably uh, two things you'll never hear. One is that Presence is the best Led Zeppelin album, and the second is we're going to lead off the show today with CONCACAF. But, uh, Lawrence, have you been getting CONCACAFed? You know, I've been being CONCACAFed for years, but when I decided that I needed to take personal responsibility and look out for myself a little bit more stringently, that sort of stopped. <laughs> but you know what? It has actually been interesting. The MLS teams are not doing terrible. Uh, you know, we're looking at this... These, these final groupings, you know, NYFC versus Tigris. I mean, they'll lose that, but that's that's going to be interesting. Atlanta versus Club America. A- again, an interesting matchup. They'll lose that. But LAFC against the Cement Makers, against Cruz Azul. Lawrence, what do you think? Well, I, I like this because Cruz Azul in League MX right now are kicking it literally and uh some big big matches in the weeks ahead i was kind of like projecting down the schedule and seeing uh, a clash at the aztec stadium to come here in the next couple weeks with america and uh they are looking very good in league mx action it's the kings of leon that had that two goal lead on aggregate and then the second leg lose Carlos Vela with the two goals for LAFC at the Bank of California Stadium and LAFC eliminating Leon. Yeah, it kind of goes against what we will say, what I will continue to say and what we've said in the past. I mean, you look at one of the top teams in Liga MX losing to one of the top teams in MLS. I, I think this was a situational thing, like you said. Uh, home game, Bank of California Stadium, Carlos Vela uh, is transcendent enough, especially at this level, to change the game, which he did. Uh, so that's the big shocker. I don't know if that is going to carry on to the next round, though. Yeah, I, I don't know, but I now have renewed interest in being concaved. Well, see your urologist if you have any more complications with your concaved. Welcome into Sound System FC. I'm Lawrence Scott. He's Bo Byerly. Mild ointments are what we prescribe for League MX action. And this past week, you know, I, I want to talk to you about, we talk about cement makers, but but what about the wall that uh, w- was built in the, was it the Tigris game? It, 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 was, it was a strange situation. It was Cruz Azul facing Tigris, and there was the goal that was scored by Cruz Azul where you would have thought this would have been an impenetrable wall. There was kind of a direct kick toward the goal and a guy's like laying down on the ground. Yeah, I see that all the time. Yeah. And then the but the ball squirts through the tiniest of speed, just a crack in that wall and the cement makers themselves would not have made such a faulty wall that uh, Dennis Farina and his Tigris team uh, presented in that game. But Cruz Azul, like we were just talking about a bit ago, really, really cooking here. Uh, you know, the, the only thing that I'm looking at, and, and I'm just thoroughly curious as to how this is all going to go, is will Monterey stay at the bottom of the table the entire God, season? they are awful. Awful. I mean, they lose to Club America 1-0. You're like, well, you know, that's a close match. You know, you can lose close matches. You know, it's a competitive league. But, God, you just look at Monterey and how they've been playing. I mean, they, you know, tie Santos. They tie Juarez, who who has turned out to be a good team. Uh, they did beat Santos later. But, I mean, they're just – it's a bunch of draws and then close losses. But, you know, the thing with soccer is, is 
you're not going to win in blowouts. You're not going to lose in blowouts. You know, you have to be able to win close games because a couple of handful of draws is not going to get you anywhere. It's going to keep you at the bottom of the table. Yeah. The the other thing that I was kind of uh, interested in this past week, which was uh, match day seven around League MX as we head into match day eight. We'll preview what's to come here in a second. But 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 looking backward, it was uh, the game from Friday the week before. The Gophers, the Pachuca looking really solid against Atlas. Now, Atlas is not starting this campaign so, so, so well, but uh, what, Frank O'Hara, I mean, they're, they're counting on everything from him but his hands. And we speak of, you know, Frank O'Hara's hands because we always have to <laughs> what, bring in what about, obscure Calexico references. Isn't it Victor Jara's hands? Isn't it? it yeah, I think so. <laughs> it sounds bad. But, you know, for actually, what's an interesting thing here for Pachuca is this is their all-time leading goal scorer. He's heading to FC Dallas when the League MX series uh, for the Closura wraps up. And he, he's just he's just blistering shots this season and it's it's turning to uh, pachuca's advantage so that i i am looking forward to seeing more los tuzos action and uh mr hara yeah i mean look they're sitting at ninth place they are within striking distance i love that phrase within striking distance um they get a couple of they get a couple of wins in a row here i mean ahead of them uh, you know, Atletico San Luis and FC Juarez have both done an uh, outstanding job, especially for two teams that are recently promoted from the Asensio. Uh, FC Juarez is one of my favorite teams to watch. I, but I just don't see both of them being able to stay in the top eight. Uh, I think Guadalajara is also on the outside looking in a point below Pachuca. They could, they could make a move. Uh, everybody expects them to make a move. And then you have Nicoxa, but that's the thing. You look at this table and you have Santos, Pachuca, Guadalajara, Nicoxa, and then in 13th you have Tigris. Those are a lot of teams. I would I don't want to be, you know, Queretaro or Atletico San Luis right now because I, I can't screw up. You know, I, I have some of the some of the legacy teams who, who are still good and who still have players only a couple of points behind me that can push me from what would be a dream season to, you know, another sitting at home watching the Little League. Yeah, you know, in the Little League from the Apertura of uh, 2019, you saw a six and eight seed finals, and uh, that was thrilling. So the, the, the parity in Liga MX is the genius of the whole thing, in truth. And, uh, you know, Juarez, you spoke of them, they're Almost out of the fire, taking a draw over uh, Santos, but for a Lozano oh. goal in the latest, latest stage that one could Crushing. score a goal. Um, but, 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 but it does go to show that Juarez is here, and and, and you know Santos is saying you know, fits and starts for this particular campaign. But uh, Juarez is here and looks good. And and as much as I keep going back to the well with the Maradona in Mexico uh, disdain for San Luis and the fan base there for uh, giving him such a mouthful when uh, you know the Dorados were taking on San Luis in that television program on netflix uh they are doing some things i like taking down carataro now nahuel pan i don't believe was uh, participating in this particular affair so uh, a little bit of the offense for carataro is uh missing but uh san luis has been 
you know, l- l- legitimate. And uh, the last one to kind of point out is as well as Pumas had started things out, it's cool just a bit with Marilia on Sunday of this past week, uh, taking care of business and, and, and beating Pumas. So, I mean, again, it's just like week to week, you don't exactly know. It's not anything's ordained i mean anything can happen in this league right now and it's it's exciting because of that well so you get look san luis is playing juarez playing the bravos uh, and that's their next game that's going to tell us a lot about where these two teams are um then after that juarez plays monterey uh now that's going to be a cup game but still i think that that uh again is good for juarez because you know, they're still getting used. They're still getting their footing in the league. And the more challenges they can face, even if it's not a actual league game, even if it's a cup game, it still gives them rhythm, right? And that's what this whole league is about is rhythm. Because when you only play 17 games, you know, if you can get your rhythm and you can go on a run, you you can make waves, right? And like Monterey... If you get out of rhythm, you can quickly drop to the bottom. I mean, we we we've talked about you know first to you know last to first place before in sports, but I I can't remember a team being the best team in the league and being the worst team in the league within three weeks of each other, which is basically what happened. Um, yeah, it's mind bending. Actually, it, it it doesn't make much sense. You don't think that'll really end up like that in the end, but th- there's absolutely no knowing. And to see America at the top of the table right now, I mean, that seems about right. But in the weeks ahead, here are some legitimate competition, and you know, Saturday uh, hosting Nakaxa, that that'll be a good match. I I. I I, I'm really looking forward to when the playoffs of this start. The, the regular season is so random. It's just like I can't wait to see these two-game playoff series ahead. It is interesting, but I, I don't know what Mohamed – I don't know where the problem is with Monterey. I don't know why they're not able to close out games anymore. But something I think we should also realize, talking about the Atletico San Luis and FC Juarez matchup coming up, is to give this – a way to look at it from an American sports perspective. You know, this isn't like a bad team that suddenly got good, right? I remember even with soccer, you think of uh, Leicester City and a couple of years ago when they won the the premiership and everybody was like, this is the one of the greatest stories in soccer. And it's like, well, Leicester's been around for a long time and they've been competitive. I mean, they're not one of the big six, but for them to win, I mean, you know, it would be like in Major League Baseball if, you know, I, I can't even think of what, to, you know, the Mariners become World Series champs. Well, yeah, I mean, they are a professional baseball team. But, like, what if the, you know, Chattanooga Lookouts went to the World Series? That's more impressive. And that's what this <laughs> is. I mean, these teams, you know, did not exist in the Premier League of Mexico 18 months ago. And now... I think that going to Juarez, I think playing in Juarez is possibly the toughest environment to play in in Liga MX. And I think right behind it is going to San Luis Potosi and playing Atletico San Luis. I think that there's real excitement built around these two teams because they are disruptors. And both of them are, you know, they get... Let's see. We got what we got here. We got about 11 more games. If they get six wins, they're in the playoffs. And that's totally doable. 
for going to Juarez and playing, it, it's a difficult, difficult environment, especially for epileptics. Uh, you know, <laughs> you, you be careful there. Um, so looking forward to what's ahead with match day eight, but there's all kinds of things going on right now in world soccer that are certainly of note. El Clasico on tap for this coming weekend, in addition to some nice outcomes and some interesting storylines oh, around talk, Champions That's League. right. We, we've, We've been away for, you know, we, we spaced these out so that uh, hopefully our listeners uh, don't get too much of us. We don't want you to be oversaturated with the excitement of Sound System FC. But I do have right. to finally say it, it was documented. When these tapes go to the Library of Congress, you will know that I am the person who said Atletico Madrid will beat Liverpool, which they did. And mark my words, they will advance. Diego Simeone knows this is what his legacy will stand on, the fact that he is the giant killer. And all he has to do is go in to Anfield and get a draw. And if there ever was a team that could get a draw when they need to, it's Atletico Madrid. I remember distinctly when you said it, and we've watched Liverpool roll so heavily through the competition of the Premier League that coming as the uh, defending Champions League champions, they have all the reason in the world to not slip up this early in the competition. But you're right. It, it, if it's just a draw at this point, it could happen. I mean, we're looking at a situation where supposedly everybody wants to talk about the Premier League. But we're looking at a situation that, other than Man City, who, you know, they played so terrible for the first 45 minutes of that game. They come out and they 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 squeeze one out against Real Madrid uh, at the Bernabeu. Literally. Yeah. At the Bernabeu. Um, they may be the only English team that advances to the next round. I mean, Byron is just crushing Chelsea. Uh, I, I love the Spurs. I love the Spurs, but I, I don't know, man. I, at some point the, the Mourinho magic, uh, runs out and you actually have to have soccer players. And I, I, I think he's running out of them. So, I mean, this, this may be a English list, a sans English quarterfinal and semifinal. I, I want to dissect the Chelsea thing for half a second. And, and, um, that would go as follows. Do you think that we're seeing their youth hitting the wall to where it might actually affect them? Not just in the Champions League thing, because, I mean, Bayern Munich has got this in the bag for the most part. Um, but that they might fall out of what we don't know right this very second, whether you need to be top four or top five, given the Man City situation. Um, could... Chelsea theoretically be hitting the wall so hard right now with the youth that they may find themselves in a Europa League competition, not Champions League next time around. Look, Chelsea's not that good. I mean, Chelsea's not that good. I know it gets exciting. It was exciting, you know, a month or so ago when Pulisic went on his run and we all get excited because he's finally an American who is actually doing something that no offense to Tim Howard and the three other Americans who've actually done something in world soccer, but it was exciting, but Chelsea's just not a full team. And, you know, Lawrence, we talked about this before, and this is, I think, sometimes what new fans to the sport don't understand is you have to have uh, so many players 
to play competitive Champions League and competitively in your country's club league that you can't just have. It's not who has the best 11 players. It's like who has the best 32 players, right? Who can bring up guys when they need to? I mean, look at Real Madrid. I mean, Real Madrid is still doing well. Yes, they lost against Man City. I think they can come back. If there was a team that could come back, I think they could come back against Man City. But I think Ramos's red card may get overturned and he'll get to come back. But look at look at what Real Madrid can do. They can always reach down and grab somebody else and they're going to come in and play well. And I just don't think Chelsea has the depth. I don't think it's a youth problem. I think it's a depth problem. And hmm. the the... The Premier League is is punishing too. It's a punishing league, um, not to the same degree that you know. You look at some of the other leagues. Uh, look, Italian soccer is very defensive heavy, and I think it's a punishing league. La Liga, to me, it, it's it's not quite as a it's not quite a physical league as as the Premier League. So the players are get to be a little bit more durable, or they get to seem a little bit more durable. But I think. I just don't think Chelsea has the depth they need. And yeah, you're right. It's now just not a Champions League problem. It may be a Premier League problem. May. And the only saving grace would be is Manchester United organized enough to really keep pushing upward. Will Tottenham, you know, now missing Son, like be able to muster enough energy to get done what they need to? I mean, you can't ever rule out Mourinho. Um, The... Other question, I mean, just always from the Wolves' perspective, is like in that tier that you kind of got Arsenal bunched up there. Burnley has somehow snuck up into this area now. Um, Leicester, you know, they they seem like they'll stay in that top four. They actually do. This it's it's the positions four and five, which are really up for grabs in the Premier League right now. And five could matter given whatever ruling comes down with regard to Man City. And and, and what do you think on that, Bo? Do you think we're going to look at a two-year thing that's ironclad, sits the the appeals, you know, don't go through? Or do you think there's going to be some reasoning to say it's a one-year deal? I think it's... Because I, I we can't lose face. I think it's a I think it's a one-year deal. They have to do something. But I look at it and I say, like, nobody's doing anything about the Houston Astros. They literally were the champions of their league. And they cheated. And, and, but yeah, but the, the it's a deterrent now to buy a trash can. I think. Yeah, but I mean, but like, Man City, their cheat is more like look, the if you impeach a president, you can impeach the president for the cover up. Usually, is what it is, right? Because they're held to a higher moral standard. This is a soccer team, all right. So maybe they moved around some numbers, right? Is there a punishment that should fit that? Sure, the punishment should be a heavy fine. I actually like the transfer ban because I think, and and it would be hard to try to figure that out because the transfer ban would also have to go, of course, to the Premier League. Um, By the way, a quick aside, if you want to, we could have a sub-podcast and talk about the Barcelona situation and how they're able to get a player for the rest of the league, but he can't play in Champions League game. It was totally confusing with Braithwaite. By the way, did a great job last week. But going back to Man City, I, I, it, it will happen. There has to be some kind of punishment, but it can't be two years. And honestly, if it becomes two years, 
then when do you go after PSG? Right? When do you go after mm. any of these teams? Because it is kind of murky uh, how financial fair play is decided. And maybe they need to turn to a salary cap, or maybe they don't. But, I mean, you know, it, it, this is the way soccer has been, and you have your powers, and your powers have the money, and I think that there's enough of them that, like, if you try to make, if you try to level out everybody in every league, you know, then you get Bundesliga, which still has one or two dominant teams. So it's a tough call. I think that as we go through the season and see some of the big money buys uh, and see how fans react, I think that's how we're going to react to the Man City thing. I think that if uh, Traore from your Wolves goes to Real Madrid and we start seeing these big teams continue to come up and suck up all the talent from the other clubs, that there will be a popular revolt against the idea of teams like Man City. And then maybe a two-year ban would be more acceptable to the fan base. But right now, I, I just I just don't see it happening. Okay, I'm going to take a hard turn with you right now because we've hit so many different topics uh, with League MX, Champions League, a taste of Premier League. Um, MLS, getting going. The You know, the conversation about Monterey earlier, I mean, one thing that's being forgotten here is there's just a lot of players from Liga MX entering the MLS right now or, or, or players that were of note in the Liga MX that now are going to a, a team in the MLS. I mean, Chicharito is coming to mind there, but Pizarro heading to enter Miami. Um, that, that's, that, that's a bit of stability from Monterey that that's missing there. But now you got some really cool things to be watching with MLS this season, but the Liga MX influence is becoming very pronounced it is it is but you know Liga MX is based off of an idea that the tactics and the style of play and the youth systems are what drive the league uh, Liga MX is not built off of you know Liga MX is not built off superstars it's built off teams it's built off team play so there's a little bit of that but yeah I mean I think that there is I think if if MLS can learn anything from Liga MX, it's the idea that you need to bulk up your ninth, 10th, and 11th player and not worry about one, two, and three. Um, but yeah, I mean, the MLS season, I, I always start with optimism. I always hope, man, I hope I'm able to actually sit through an entire game without turning it off out of frustration. Well, LAFC riding that momentum, having removed Leon from CONCACAF, will be hosting Inter-Miami on what is Sunday action in the MLS. And it's fun to see such a large slate of games for Saturday and Sunday as the MLS kicks off its season. And I mean, but the, too the many obvious teams, thing here. Too many teams. You don't get to play everybody now. I don't. Uh. All right. Uh, no, I'm being positive. Let me go back to positive. I can't go wait. Go back to positive with it. <laughs> I, 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 well, look, just from an organizational standpoint, it's it's probably Seattle's season to squander if that were to, in fact, happen. I, LAFC has made strides in their first couple of years. Obviously, Galaxy is going to be turning some heads. If you had to find a sleeper in this pack of, of teams... Um, 
what would your sleeper be? I mean, we know that Atlanta is good. Um, we know that Toronto keeps showing up in MLS Cups. Seattle has obviously been very strong. But if you had to take a sleeper team this year in MLS, Bo, who, who would that be that would be your sleeper? Maybe not to win the MLS Cup, but to be in the Final Four or even be in the Cup Finals. Okay, first of all, I just want to say that it will be Atlanta versus LAFC in the final. Uh, so I, you're, do, you're, no, you're leaving no room for a sleeper. You're, you're saying well, no, I mean, look, uh, who's the sleeper? I think the sleeper, and this is a weird sleeper to say because you already mentioned them as a favorite. I don't see them as a favorite, but I think the Galaxy will do better without Ibrahimovic, even though mm-hmm. I think he was the most dynamic player. And it's not. I think that they're going to do better because of Chicharito. I I think that team is going to come to better uh, come together better uh, with Pavon and and the, the the people that they already have. I, I think the Galaxy will go farther in the playoffs than they have the last. I mean, they didn't even go to the playoffs two years ago. Last year they went to the playoffs and you know uh, they lost to LAFC, even though Zlatan was able to dominate LAFC during the regular season. Uh, another team I like, I do like RSL. I do like Real Salt Lake. I think that tactically, maybe this will be the year that they kind of start to understand the team soccer. Uh, and, and I think that's very important. I think that a lot of teams in MLS don't play team soccer real well. And I think that RSL can play team soccer real well. And uh, if they can keep... They, they have to almost approach it with that Diego Simeone, this is exactly what we're going to do. We're going to hold our shape. We're going to win games two to one. That's what they have to do. But I, I think a team like RSL probably has a has a better chance than the New York FC style teams that uh, or even the Toronto teams that I feel are always hanging on the success of one or two players. All right. I think we're at a good spot here. With MLS opening, League MX in full force, Champions League whittling down from uh, the round of 16 to what will be really a, a good grouping of clubs. And while the Premier League has been run away with by Liverpool, um, I still maintain there are great stories. It leaves us with the thing that we kind of alluded to earlier, and we should end this with El Clasico, your takes. What happens here this coming weekend? Both of these teams seem to be doing very well, if you ask me, eight days ago. But now they both have slipped. Um, I don't know. I, I, I actually I watched the Barcelona game last weekend uh, where Messi scored the hat trick in the first half. Braithwaite came on. What an incredible way to come into the camp and do well. Um I think that Madrid, though, if Madrid wins, okay, so I'm, instead of making a prediction, I'm going to make, uh, I, we'll, we'll call it a prediction. What the hell? If Madrid wins this game, then I think they come back and beat Man City. I think that Zidane, if he can get them uh, in the right mindset, which is hard to do with that Real Madrid team, if they can go out and they can win El Clasico, then I think they will have the rhythm and uh, what's one of our favorite soccer phrases, Lawrence? Well, the, the quality they need to go out and beat Man City. That being said, I kind of feel the same way about Barcelona. And, you know, they had that draw against Napoli. Um, 
I think if they can come out and uh, they can beat Real Madrid, then that will be the the push that they need, even though they are a mess. They are a mess in the front office. Uh, their coach will last maybe two more months. It's such a dumpster fire. And that's what's amazing about the world of soccer is you can have a team that's literally one of the t- – out of, out of what – 170,000 professional soccer teams. Barcelona is always one of the top 10 and they're a complete dumpster fire and they're still one of the 10 best teams and they still have the best player in the world. But I love a real quick aside to wrap it up, Lawrence. I love Maradona making the comments about Messi that Messi could have never done what Maradona did in Napoli. Uh, Mm. And I I sent Lawrence, uh, Lawrence and I were texting the other day and, uh, if, if you're not a complete nutcase like myself and you don't have Fanatiz, which is the streaming service I use so I can watch BN Sports, there's, there's a channel called TYC, which is basically an Argentinian cable sports channel. And so I was watching a, a, literally one of the greatest shows I've ever seen, Paso a Paso. And I don't really speak Spanish, but just the way they did the show was was incredible. They would have a soccer highlight and it would immediately go to like post-game locker room reaction to the player talking about it. And then it would go to the next play, no matter if it was a play for the team that won or lost. All that being said, they then go to the Maradona game where he is coaching and Maradona is literally sitting on a throne. They bring out a throne. He, this, <laughs> he's the visiting team. The visiting team. And they still bring out a throne in which Maradona sits and coaches from. And if nothing epitomizes the reason that I love soccer as a spectator sport, this is what epitomizes that. So enjoy the games this week. A lot of great Liga MX action. A lot of great Champions League. But for fairness, let me just interject really quickly before we say goodbye. It looks less like a throne and more like Cherry from Pee-wee's Playhouse. It does look like Cherry from Pee-wee's Playhouse. Oh, my God. Uh, Well, you know, throne in the Argentinian sense of throne. Sure, and dumpster (laughs) fire in the Barcelona sense of a very nice dumpster fire. But no, you're right, Lawrence. It's going to be an exciting uh, week ahead. Watch that Champions League. Uh, take the time. Watch a little Liga MX. Get excited about it. Uh, I found a new way to watch Liga MX, by the way. If uh, you want to, check out Soccer One. It's actually the streaming service in Canada that the new Canadian Premier League uses. They also will air two Liga MX games a week in English. So, again, looking for that Liga MX fix? That's another way to get it. Ooh, love that. Great tip. Four. Bo Byerly. I'm Lawrence Scott. Thank you so much for checking out Sound System FC.